Thank you so much, dear friends, for being here one more time. Welcome to Victory Church. This is a beautiful Sunday, and we are going to ask the question, is it too late? Really? <laughs> but before we get there, I would like to invite you to download the bulletin. You can do it going to the website, or if you prefer, if you are watching through a big TV, simply put the camera and get the QR code there to work to download the bulletin of this Sunday. We want to thank you one more time for your kindness. Thank you very much, our dear, beautiful church members. It is awesome what you guys do. And uh, if you are not part of the ones helping them, this ministry, feel free to do it. Go to the website and you will find there the ways to do it. Here on the screen as well, you can read it. Thank you so much, Tracy, for the work you are doing. Songs are great. And Sebastian, thank you for all your work with IT. There you go. Oh, how many of us have been in the midst of a, an emergency? And uh, perhaps you are on the highway, and suddenly you see a helicopter flying next to you, and even you can see smoke somewhere. Or perhaps you are in your city, in your town, and you see the smoke, you hear the ambulances, and, uh, well, everyone is thinking, oh, boy, what happened now? But sometimes it's not about other people. Sometimes it's about ourselves, and we are in situations like this. Are we immersed sometimes in difficult situations, my friends? Of course we are. But the question that we need to ask ourselves is, is it too late, really? So, my friend, watching today, in the midst of your circumstances, do you feel that it's already too late to do anything about it? Well, here we know that there is always hope in Jesus. There is always hope. The story that I am about to tell you it's an interesting story, and it has to do precisely with emergency situations related with health. So, in this particular scenario, I want to start precisely in the chapter 8 of Luke, verse 45. This story actually is being told in three different Gospels, except John. But here in, uh, in Luke, there is a moment. <laughs> it's an interesting moment, because the Lord Jesus is walking in the midst of a multitude. There are tons of people there, you know? And, and then he says, and we read, from the easy to read version, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, who touched me? They all said, they have not touched him. And Peter said, Master, people are all around you, pushing against you. What are you talking about? And it's kind of interesting about it. Now, let me show you this. Coming from one of my friends, Bob, Bob Stromberg. And uh, so he put it in this way. Oh, Lord, you are too funny. <laughs> Who touched you? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Indeed, it was funny. Lord, you are too funny. What kind of question is that? 
Now, the funny part about it is not, not simply this question is, is the context, what is going on in that moment? So in order to understand this, we have to go back a little bit. <laughs> now we go, we go back to the chapter five but in the Gospel of Mark. And here we, we find the real reason. There is a guy who is a leader in the Jewish community. His name is Jairus. And uh, he had a problem. Let's, let's read what's happening here. Jairus begged Jesus again and again, saying, My little daughter is dying. Please come to my home and lay your hands on her. Then she will be healed and will live. Only then. That was Jairus' request. He heard about the power of Jesus, and he thought, if he comes to my home, my daughter that is dying is going to come back to life. And that was, that was Jairus' hope. Now, continue the reading. It says that there among the people was a woman who had been bleeding for the past 12 years. You have to understand, at this point, the Lord Jesus agreed, and he's walking with the disciples and Jairus, with this multitude. But this woman, who has been bleeding for the past 12 years, notice the number of years. The number 12 has a special meaning, like it is complete. She had suffered very much. Many doctors had tried to help her, and all the money she had was spent. But she was not improving. In fact, her illness, her sickness, was getting worse. Exactly. So she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, that will be enough to heal me. That's all that I have to do. That was her thought, right? Well, you will, you will say, okay. Well, she did. She went and touched the Lord. And that is when the Lord Jesus said, who touched me? And why is it that the Lord Jesus said, who touched me? Well, because he felt that the power of God through him was flowing. The power of God to heal others through the servants of God is something that we experience when we are praying for people to be healed. When you are in need and you pray to the good Lord, Lord, heal me, you feel the presence of God. You feel the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what happened there. Now, remember that there was a previous assignment here where all this group of guys were walking with Jairus and the Lord Jesus in order to go and save this little girl, right? So, this is... What is going on? The woman knew that she was healed, so she came and bowed at Jesus' feet. She was shaking with fear. She told Jesus the whole story. So she was healed, right? So here's the disciples. Here's Jairus, the multitude, the woman, and the Lord Jesus. So I'm healed. I'm healed. So is that good news? Yes, of course it is good news. The Lord Jesus was pleased. He thought, this woman has faith. That is what you need. You need faith. You have problems. You have needs, my friend. 
You need faith. Faith that the good Lord is going to help you and heal you and restore you and transform you. You need faith. So this woman was healed. How many of us have experienced healing in our bodies, in our finances, in our relationships? How many of us have experienced restoration? And we bless the name of the Lord for the power in Jesus' name. We bless the name of Jesus for that reason. And we celebrate and we are happy about it. Everybody was happy. Even Jairus was happy. If you think about it, Jairus thought, boy, this is really exciting. This is encouraging to me. Because I came to get Jesus to go and heal my daughter. And on our way, there's another person that just touched him. If this person touched his clothes and was healed, I am absolutely sure my daughter is going to get healed. So Jairus is excited. The disciples are excited. The multitude is excited. There is joy there, right? However, the scripture says (laughs) a little detail that she told Jesus the whole story. (laughs) What is that? The whole story. No disrespect to ladies. But can you imagine in the midst of that situation when she is healed, how long could it take for her to tell the whole story? Do you think in two minutes he will tell the whole story? She spent all her money. You realize that? Not just that. She also spent 12 years in illness. 12 years, my friend. And while she's telling the story, here's Jairus. <laughs> this, is, this is good, right? Wow, that's power. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the disciples, the same thing. But she keeps telling the story. Sometimes you want your miracle and you want it right away. Right? You cannot wait. You say, the Lord is listening to me. I know he will do it. But there is a factor that you need to take into consideration. It's timing. Because it is not in your time, my friends. It's not when you want it. It's not when you think this is my time for my miracle. Is when is the right time? And then you experience something that is called waiting. <laughs> now, Jairus was there, <laughs> you know, and he was happy to hear the story. But uh, while Jesus was still there speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus. They said, Your daughter is dead. There is no need to bother the teacher. Now you tell me if that is not shocking news. You have faith. You believe. But in the midst of that context, things don't go the way that you expected. You thought everything will work out greatly. 
you were rejoicing with others, celebrating their miracles and victories. We were worshiping the Lord because we saw somebody being healed. We saw a family receiving a blessing with a new house. We saw a couple being restored. We see miracles here and there, and we are excited. We have the faith. We believe. But in the meantime that we are waiting, sometimes the bad news come to us, and they are not necessarily good news. What do we do? What do we do when the news come to you? And they are not good news, my friend. Are you going just to throw the towel away and say, I'm done with this Christianity. I am done with this Jesus. I'm done with this believing in the Bible and all that. I hope you don't. Because there is more here in this story. And you need to see it. If we go to the scripture, it says, Jesus went into Jairus' house. He saw people there who make music for funerals. And he saw a crowd of people crying loudly. Can you imagine that? Jesus said, go away. The girl is not dead. She is only sleeping. But the people laughed at him. So this is just awful. At this point, Jairus is absolutely devastated. He was walking, and when he's getting close to the house, he hears the people crying and the music from funerals. The music there, weeping, sobbing. That's not good. That will destroy everybody. And that is exactly what happens to many of us while we are waiting for our miracle. We are waiting for our miracle. You are waiting for your miracle. You don't want to hear anything negative. And you tell people around you, don't speak negatively. I believe and I only want to hear positive things. Don't tell me otherwise. Right? You believe. You have faith that the Lord is going to do the miracle that you are expecting. You believe. You hope. And you don't want to hear any negativity at all. But sometimes, even while we believe and we are trusting in the Lord, we face that reality. The bad news. The bad news that can, can be related with health, with work, relationships, betrayal. Many things can happen to you. And you just cannot believe it. There is only one thing that is inside of you. That is hoping for a miracle. So I want to invite you. I'm going to continue with this message, but next Sunday... I would like you to connect with us because I am going to talk exactly about how you can experience a miracle in your life. That will be in the worship service 250, August 8, 2021. How can you experience a miracle in your life? Don't miss it. The Lord Jesus said, go away, people. This is awful. I don't want to have anybody here with me now. 
So Jairus is pay att paying attention, right? Jairus is paying attention. What the Lord Jesus is doing. He says, what is he doing? He's sending away all these people. And he said, the Lord Jesus said, the girl is not dead. So Jairus goes, she's not dead. Hmm. She's only sleeping. Hmm. So somebody told you the bad news. And then somehow you receive from God a promise that everything is going to be all right. It's not like they say. But you, know, you already know the thing is over. It's broken, whatever. But when you start to get a little bit of faith and you start to believe again in that miracle... And you hear the words coming from God, the encouragement from other people. Unfortunately, there are going to be some people that they will laugh because they don't believe. And you can't change that. You cannot change many things around your life. You can't change many things about your life. But one thing the Lord does is that when he finds lack of faith, unbelief, he gets rid of that. Because the Lord God doesn't move in environments and hearts that do not believe. And all it starts with how do you see, how you perceive the situation. So let me give you an, an illustration here. Let's talk, for example, about an illness. And uh, when you go to the doctor, the doctor says to you, well, according with these results, there is a 25% of probabilities that you will have cancer, for example. There is a 25% of probabilities that during the surgery, your mother is going to die. There is a 25% chances that you are not going to continue working in this company. There is a 25% chances that your spouse is not going to forgive you. There is a 25% chances that your child is involved in drugs. But what is a 25% of probabilities? What is exactly that? Some, some people just don't know. I would like to explain that to you. So, 25% of probabilities in these different scenarios. What does that mean is that 25 people will do whatever out of those 100. You understand? 25 of them. 25% mean, meaning only 25 people out of the hundred, but that means that there are 75 that they want. You understand? 25% of probabilities means out of 100 people, 25 will probably die. 25 will probably have cancer. 25 will be this and that, okay? But there are 75 that won't. 
That is the meaning of 25% of probabilities. The problem that we have in these days, my friends, is that there is so much negativity, even in our own minds, that when there, whenever there is a situation, whether it's financial problems or health problems or whatever kind of circumstances, weather, economy, etc., every time we hear, we hear a percentage immediately blocks our mind, and we tend to believe that the, the outcome is going to be awful. There is a 25% chance, chances that will rain tomorrow. Well, we already have everything ready for the birthday party for my little girl. <laughs> they say 25% of probabilities. They don't say it's raining. Yeah, there is a possibility. It's a probability, right? Companies are losing jobs and businesses. Yeah, some people lose their job. Many things can happen, but the problem is how we see the, the situation. So first we need to understand what is 25%. So let me show you with this graph, because sometimes by looking at a graph, we understand better the, the thing. 25% is the, the small area in this circle. 75% is the biggest. This Three times 25%. So what you need to do is to focus on the positive. And how can you do that? When you use God's eyeglasses. I didn't know the Lord had eyeglasses. <laughs> I didn't know the Lord had glasses to see. It's a figure of speech. Meaning, try to see things. From the same perspective, the Lord God is looking at the situation. Sometimes 25% of chances is not the negative thing. You go to the job interview, or you are dealing with some new customers, a great contract, and they say to you, uh, there is only a 25% of probabilities that you will get hired, that we will hire you that you will get the contract. Sometimes it's a small probability. You see, it doesn't matter what is the probability. What you need to do is to focus on the positive and use God's eyeglasses. See things from God's perspective. So let me ask you this. Whenever you are facing a situation, what are you looking at in that graph? Are you looking at the 25? Or are you looking at the 75? A negative perspective of the situation, it doesn't matter what is the number. You see, it's just the, the perspective, positive or negative perspective of the situation. And we believers, we need to see things from a positive perspective, from God's perspective. That is what we need to believe and see. We need to focus on that and just believe the Lord God has a plan. He will do something amazing because faith is believing that God is able. Faith is believing that God is able. I don't know what kind of problems you have, my friend. I do know one thing. The Lord God 
Almighty is almighty. There is nothing impossible for him. I don't know if your situation is related with family, with money, with health. Perhaps it's just mental challenges that you have. Maybe you are just struggling with fear, doubt. Suddenly, out of the blue, suddenly you are just thinking that God doesn't exist, that he doesn't hear your prayers, and you have trouble to go to sleep. I have no idea what is the particular circumstance that you are going through. But you know what is what you need? Faith. Faith is about believing. Now, people believe in many things. They buy lottery tickets all the time. They do things because they have certain faith, but they have a faith in things and people and and themselves even. And their abilities, and their money, and their strength, and their beauty, and their intelligence, or whatever. Faith is necessary. Faith is what pleases the Lord. But what kind of faith? Is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is the faith that God is able. Because the Lord God is able to heal you. The Lord God is able to protect you. The Lord God is able to provide for you. I want you to start breathing in and out right now. Open your your arms, lift up your hands. Keep breathing. And let me tell you this one more time. God is able to heal you. God is able to provide for you. God is able to love you. God is able to restore you. God is able to open the right door. The Lord God is able to do anything because he is the Lord God Almighty. There is nothing impossible for the Lord. Faith is believing that God is able. But if you allow me to go back to the story, what is happening? We said that faith is believing that God is able. So here is Jairus. And suddenly he hears Voices. And then he hears words from the Lord Jesus. Talita Kumi, he said. And his daughter came back to life. Suddenly, there is joy again in the house of Jairus. Suddenly, there is joy again in the heart of this person who believed. What, what it was dead, now is alive. What it was lost, now was found. What it was broken, now is, is restored. That is faith. Faith that God is able, my friend. Because he is able. So are you now ready to start your new walk in the Lord? Are you ready to take the first step in this river of faith? All that you need to do is to open your heart. Open your heart to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That he died for you. That on Calvary, on the cross, he paid the price for your salvation, for your redemption, for provision for you of love, provision of health, provision of all things that you need in life now and forever. Open your heart. So I invite you today. Say a prayer with me. And I I have this prayer here on the screen for you. 
Dear God, you are amazing. You have a plan for everyone. You have a plan for me. I believe, I believe you can do miracles. Please forgive me. Lord, you are the one that I want to adore. You are my God. I open my heart to you, Lord. I confess my sins before you. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord, to become the person you want me to be. My friend, it is here on this beautiful cross where everything changes for us. What if you say with me this powerful declaration? Come on, say it. I am forgiven by Jesus. My Lord can do everything. His word is true and active in me. My life is going to be great and blessed in 2021. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile down on you and show you his kindness. May the Lord answer your prayers and give you peace. From Odessa, Texas, my wife Tracy, my team, Sebastian, Tony, Penny, Al, everybody else here in the church, we say to you, have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. See you next week. For watching Victory Church, please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.